Well, good afternoon. We who believe in freedom cannot rest until freedom comes. You listen to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your happy host. I love being on the radio. I just love doing this. And guess what? Summer is just about over. Now, if you live in Texas, maybe it's not. But if you're living in the Pacific Northwest, uh, the weather is going to change. Uh, and so uh, I'm a fall lover. I can't wait to see the leaves change. I got Mr. Uh, right here. He'll tell us if he's a fall lover or a summer lover. Which one are you, a fall lover or a summer lover? I must admit, I like the warmer weather <laughs> and the longer days. Well, but he Pretty ain't soon. going to Texas. He yeah, said not moving oh, to no, Texas. No, no, I, I didn't say, I didn't say, not the, the, the Satan days, I said warm days. <laughs> you know, Texas hot as hell. So. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I definitely don't want none of that. But, you know, being a uh, 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 child is born in uh, Sweetport, Louisiana, Charity Hospital on the colored side, and came to Seattle when I was 10 years old. So I remember a whole bunch of summer nights we had the block of ice and the fan, <laughs> the air conditioning. Yeah. A whole bunch of brothers yeah. from down south know what I'm talking about. If they were back there doing the day. A <laughs> uh, block of ice. When I grew up with a, I, when my first say, 10 years, 10 or 12 years, we had an ice box. So, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the Iceman used to oh, come. Oh, the Iceman, yeah, the Iceman had to come. That's how ice we got box. the ice. I had, I had an icebox. And my grandmother never could never could say refrigerated. All of yeah. the rest of her life, it was always, go yeah. get me something about the icebox. Yeah, yeah, we had an icebox until I was about about five or six, and then we got a refrigerator. Oh, <laughs> high cotton. It was high cotton, yeah, high cotton. yes, indeed. Until I was about 12 years old, you know, yeah. and still cutting wood, so. Anyway, all that stuff gives, keeps us having the resilience for what's going on in the day. Well, then, so I know you want to come on and talk about what's going on in your world and a little bit about yeah, that. Well, well, the day is 9-11, and there's, I still have a lot of questions about the perpetrators of the, one, one of the greatest domestic terrorist crimes committed uh, in this country, uh, how uh, 15 of the 19 uh, hijackers were Saudis. And yet the only planes flying on 9-11 were Saudi planes flying out of America. That's right. And, uh, 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 you know, usually the United States will be vigorously after to retaliate against any kind of terrorism like this, but they didn't do that. And then later on down the line, you see where uh, uh, 45's uh, uh, son-in-law, Jared Kushner, goes over there, leaves with $4 billion dollars. But yet they want to chase Hunter Biden to put, smear Joe Biden. And uh, I don't think he had a gun and some drugs or something, but uh, and uh, he was not in the government. He did not work for the White House. No, no he was not an elected official either. But uh, Jared Kushner wasn't an elected official, but he was on the White House staff. Yes, he was. He spoke yes, for yes, the yes. White House. And so in the Middle East was uh, his assignment. So I see he spent probably more time in Saudi than he did anywhere else because he's able to go and leave with $4 billion. And it's amazing. Uh, and I know that the Democrats say they're focused on policy issues and stuff. But when you have a, 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 a criminal act that glaring, uh, you know, if somebody's going to go after Hunter Biden, then they need to put up uh, uh, Jared Kushner need to be on the block right now uh, for being a member of the White House staff and going and having a relationship <laughs> with the Saudis. And then a day after they leave the White House, he goes and gets $4 billion. That needs to be looked at. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm very concerned with the fact uh, we have this good relationship, the United States do, in spite of uh, what their people did, because uh, I'm wondering, what, what are the relatives of the 3,000 people? It's more than that, because 2,000 more have died since then from other illnesses attributed to 9-11. I mean, what right. would the relatives be thinking about this close relationship with Saudi Arabia? They're jacking up the oil prices. You just sold enough weapons. So the next time they want to do something, they'll kill 300,000 instead of 3,000 and <laughs> well, uh, because they seem to be able to do whatever they want to do. Uh, and uh, I, you know, I'm, I'm just at a loss for how this could happen. Cause I know uh, the kind of punishment uh, black folks, black men get in this country for doing a lot less than that. And uh, they haven't even talked bad to the Saudis, but I also want to uh, uh, talk about a hero in my, in my family, uh, my brother, Jackie Rye, his wife, uh, Dijean Farrar, uh, was, a, was a modeling, was in New York City modeling uh, when 9-11 happened. Uh, and uh, she is a, a registered nurse and also has a master's in health administration. And uh, she went down to assist uh, the injured. Uh, now, 9-11, she doesn't want to talk about it, you know, and she probably don't want me to say anything. 
but uh, it she suffers from post-traumatic stress syndrome by seeing that being there. But, you know, uh, I thank God for her, for having the skills and expertise to go down and be willing to jump mm-hmm. into the fray and help some people that needed help. And I can't compliment her enough for that. Dijane Farrar is a hero for doing what she did. And uh, uh, hopefully that, uh, you know, one of these days, maybe President Biden or somebody will, or Senator Murray or Senator Cantwell, or Congressman Adam Smith will uh, bestow some kind of award or honor acknowledgement on her for what she did. And right. I just think that's just fair because uh, uh, she was there and she used her expertise jumped into the fray and helped a lot of people survive. So I really think that needs to be acknowledged. It's also been 22 years, but it's never too late. You always hear about military veterans getting the Medal of Honor 50 years after they saved some people. So it's right. been Sometimes years. even after they passed on. It's been 22 years, and I want to make sure that my sister-in-law is acknowledged for what she did during 9-11 in New York City. Went from a modeling studio to the battlefield and used her skills to help some people stay alive. So I think that's very worthy. So I just want folks to know that she don't she doesn't want to talk about it, uh, but uh, I, I'm proud of what she was oh, yeah. able to do. And uh, and I, I know that I talked to my brother because a couple of people in the media wanted to interview her. And I could check with my brother Jackie. He said, "No, don't do that." <laughs> she was <laughs> taking a walk in the woods. It brings back some bad memories to her. And I'm being in a situation like that, in that kind of environment. I mean, it's just mind blowing what it looked like. And the seeing body parts and people laying all everywhere. And then you step back right back around and, they, and the same people that did that to you are now your best friends in the Middle East. It's hard for me to understand where America's going with its policies. Because like I said, black men get punished a lot more severe than that. And they sure didn't kill no 3,000 people. Okay. Well, they have a brother law for us. I mean, we've experienced that when we were doing people with Mr. Branch, Mr. Branch over Branchville. So there's a brother law. And the brother law it's absolutely different, uh, and uh, and all of that that type of stuff. So um, anyway, um, I know you said that you are traveling. I mean, you're going to be traveling, uh, going out of town to go. Yeah, to, the, uh, the Congressional Black Caucus is the 20th through the 24th, which is uh, starts next week. Uh, I'll be attending that. Uh, my daughter Angela, she's on uh, two of the boards, Political Action Committee, Congressional Black Caucus, Political Action Committee and the Congressional Black Caucus Institute Board. And that's uh, Benny, Congressman Benny Thompson chairs that committee. And he also is one that has the events in Mississippi every August. I missed the last two and I don't plan on, hopefully, God willing, I don't miss any more because it's an area, a time where it's kind of more relaxed. Back in DC right now, I'll see CBC members at socials, but they have a thousand mm-hmm. constituents there. So the constituents got to be in line first. And I understand that. So I'm going to try to talk to some of them uh, over the next couple of weeks and aired on Urban Forum Northwest. Uh, well, locally, uh, uh, you know, uh, there people have been talking about this $200 million that was appropriated last year to go into uh, Black communities across the state, I guess six counties. And I checked in with one of the people who helped organize uh, the whole plan. And to date, none of the money has been dispersed. And uh, also concerned about uh, a, a plan that one of the public state agencies has, Department of Enterprise Services and State Public Public uh, Purchasing Agent, and they also do have to do a lot of contracting for the state. And they have a, a new program called the Edge Program, and they said you have to be in business for four years. So during the National Association of Minority Contractors, I remember a, a meeting on last Thursday. I raised a question with the, with the uh, public officials. What about all the black folks who were ran out of business that have that's their right. expertise? They've been in that's business right. 15 or 20 years. We had no permit right. for 25 years. 25 years. And, years. And, and, and 2021, black firms did 0.18%. In 2022, with the governor's executive order, we did 0.22%. How many black businesses do you think that have the capacity is going to jump into public contracting when they see other blacks not getting anything. So I want them to amend this program to include black folks who've been ran out of business. And it needs to really require Marshall plans. There needs to be some investment made in the black folks who've been ran out of business, who have family owned businesses, who were not able to pass it on from son to daughter, a mother to, a mother to, to, to son. Uh, that whole network was dissipated 
because of the discrimination that went on and the fact right. that you could not get Merrick Garland to enter uh, to in, uh, from the Justice Department to investigate, even though we had the documentation, had support from Congressman Benny Thompson, Congressman Marilyn Strickland, Senator Patty Murray, Congressman Adam Smith, all asking the Justice Department to investigate the discrimination against Black folks in Washington State. And you know what? We haven't heard a peep in two years. They don't care. Story, really story when Black folks are being discriminated, the no. Justice Department has no teeth. As a matter of fact, uh, the Justice Department sent the racial discrimination complaint down to the Department of Transportation. And as far as I'm concerned, civil rights, and you got a civil rights division with a Black woman over it, Kristen Clark, and you get these numbers and you can't do anything about it. So they don't you know care. The had on the care. Black community and black, the Black <laughs> business community. And you're going to come up with a program that have been in business for four years. Well, some people have been in business for 20 years and due to discrimination, they got ran out of business. So all that experience don't count and they don't need nope. no training. They need opportunities. So hopefully. Well, but they don't, you know what? Uh, you know, what, Eddie, we've been in this country a long time, longer than everybody else who gets in the front of the line. They don't care. Every now and then they give us a bone. I, 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 when the, what was the black guy named that was in, in charge of the Justice Department when Obama was there? They act like they're going to do a little something, but they don't care. I mean, I think, I think we waste our time thinking that they're going to care. I mean, really and truly, they don't care. I mean, the Justice Department was, I mean, some of those people used to be part of the Ku Klux Klan. These people don't care. And and they're Democrats, you know, they always want to put everything on the I'm saying, right? But, now, but the Democrats just Democrats got on the right side are letting of this, black they... folks down. And that's why but, Biden is getting a lukewarm reception from the black community because of the fact we know that we dealt with at the other side is the devil. We know that, but at the same time, to be disregarded by any party is unacceptable. But and you know what, you know what, you know what, I don't know what when it, it, well, we, we probably need to rise up and take our money out of the system and do something else. Because remember that this, these Democrats right now, they all the Dixocrats left the Democratic Party, and these do, and this is the Democrats that came after 1964, 65, you know, into the 70s. I mean, into the 70s. I mean, this is not the the real Democratic Party. The real Democratic Party was the Dixocrats. They over there in the Republican Party, okay, and and, and so what. Uh, but everybody trying to, 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 they want to preserve, at the end of the day, both parties want to preserve whiteness. One party will give us something. The other party will lock us up. <laughs> but the same, it's the same agenda. It's the same agenda. And we'd have been better off if we had to follow Jesse, but Jesse wasn't, wouldn't do it. When the, when, the, when the Rainbow Coalition, do you know where it would be today if we had that, third, that Rainbow Coalition? I mean, we could vote and we'd be voting on the block. Just like the NRA does. They vote in a block. They they bring the votes. I mean, I, I mean, how many years ago you worked on the Rainbow Coalition? What oh yeah, I was that? I was a, a Jackson campaign manager for the first campaign in 1984. Well, you think about 1984 till now? Just think you know, we about won, that. We won one district in uh, the 37th, and Jesse Weinberry defeated an incumbent uh, in 1984. He defeated Bill Burns, incumbent in uh, in in the 43rd district. But in 1988. When Brother Charles Rollin took up, he computerized the pro, uh, the campaign, and it made a heck of a difference. We had one delegate, uh, Reverend McKinney, in '84, and we had several delegates. I don't know the exact number in '88, and we. But the other thing about it is that it encouraged more people of color to get involved and run for office and get involved in uh, the different because we got a chance to go to the, the platform committees, the state convention, and so. That's and right, so, I mean, right. we grabbed a lot of knowledge. And then another thing to look at is that uh, in the 88 campaign, uh, David Dinkins from, uh, was a New York state chair. Right. And, and uh, Doug Wilder, Lawrence Doug Wilder, was a right. Virginia state chair. And the next a year or two later, Doug Wilder defeated uh, uh, the uh, incumbent mayor, uh, uh, what's the, boy, I, 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 Rudy Giuliani, defeated him. To become mayor of New York, and David and, and uh, uh, Lawrence Wilder, Doug Wilder won the governorship of Virginia. Right, and you but, look but at how far back we're going. You know, you see, my point is that we gave up something that would give us power today, and that's yeah. what sometimes we do. I mean, really and truly, we want we want these. They don't care about us. They really don't care. It's about them staying in power, but they don't care about us. 
Well, but I care about you, that, and that, I like that, you know. I care about you, and I know you're going to go back to DC and have you know you're going to be bringing back some good news for us, and and uh, so uh, hey, I look forward to you know bringing you back on when you come back and to tell us about all the good news and all the people you talk with, and, you know, and um, and enlighten us about what they're doing back there, especially the Black Caucus. <laughs> oh, absolutely, I will definitely do that. All right, and you continue to have a great day. Okay, uh, and I'll talk, talk to you when you get back. Okay, thank okay. you. Thank you. All right, take care. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM. KKNW. I'm your host, Rem Walder. We'll be right back. Market Street Shoes is happy to sponsor the Mother's Justice Show in honor of our mother, Jackie Higgins Rosebrook, who spent her life fighting for social justice and also in honor of all mothers who fight for social justice. Market Street Shoes, fashionable footwear and apparel for life's everyday adventures in the heart of Ballard since 2006. Visit MarketStreetShoes.com. The Mother's Justice Show is brought to you by H.G. Walden and the Virtues Healing Circles. Join us for Wisdom and Wellness with Reverend Walden, a monthly virtual and in-person healing circle that focuses on community healing and growth. Learn more at VirtuesHealing.com. That's VirtuesHealing.com. Also, be sure to join our healing group on Facebook. Again, visit us at VirtuesHealing.com today. Walking your talk? Take us with you. The KKNW app makes streaming our programming easy on your phone or tablet. Good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. Thank you for that song, Eric. We all need somebody to lean on. I mean, we can't do this. We can't make it through the world without any. We can't make it without other people. I don't care what we've been taught. It just doesn't work without having somebody to lean on. That's why we have parents. That's why we come here as, as little babies and grow up, because we come here leaning on someone. Uh, and that's really what the world is all about. We have to wake up to that experience. Uh, my name is Robin Walden, and it's my joy to be on air. I want to talk a little bit about the consent decree. Uh, the judge, uh, Robot, I, I, I did I, I partially, more than partially, I, I, I signed off on the uh, on uh, on releasing the Seattle Police Department, but he held back two uh, areas that was not in compliance. Uh, that was uh, uh, the crowd control, uh, crowd management, because we saw that out there during the um, 2020, uh, during the trial, and also police accountability. I mean, and there's some issues around the contract. And so one of the things we really found out and really know is that the Justice Department cannot change culture. Uh, and police has a culture of not ever wanting to give an inch and they don't want to change. And so um, today there's an article in uh, uh, Erica Barnett, I media that she puts out and it, and it has the a voice it has the video of a police officer talking with um talking with mark solon uh, uh and um it's about the young lady who uh, got killed by the police officer as he was crossing the street and uh, the things that he had to say uh, no mother should be able no mother should have to uh, to hear that i mean uh, it was just so unconscionable that uh, that he would say these things about another human being. Uh, and, and the main thing uh, he said was, uh, you know, it's, it's the, the, the whole, uh, the, uh, it says just, uh, it said the, the headline is just write a check for $11,000. Uh, 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 she was uh, 26, she had limited value and the police officers were laughing. Mark Solon, who's president of the guild, and this officer that he called him that uh, I, I was talking about the uh, uh, the pedestrian that was killed by a, a fellow police officer. And just to think that we paid these officers, that we paid them, that they're not public servants, they're public employees. Public servants don't laugh about people who got just got killed. They don't laugh about that. And this morning I got up just thinking, so the morning I was thinking about him, I said, man, I, just, I was thinking about their mental health, about, you know, all these the, uh, escalating of violence in Seattle. Uh, they call to the scene. I mean, they see 
the destruction of a human body uh, that's been shot by somebody. And I was thinking about what about their mental health. And then, and then when I read this, it's like, wow. I mean, because it's been quite a few uh, people been killed in Seattle today, I mean, uh, this year. But to think about this, it's like, wow. I mean, it kind of eclipsed what I was going to talk about, the, uh, you know, coming to Seattle, being released from being under the consent decree that's been going on since 2012, uh, as a result of the uh, killing of uh, John T. Williams. Um, and um, he was a wood carver walking across the street with his head down because a lot of artists are in their head. He had a little small wood carving knife. He did not have a knife to harm somebody. And he was just carving. He, his family has been carving in Seattle and in the Pacific Northwest for seven generations. And this officer, I, I just, um, with, and within four seconds for him, for, uh, uh, for Ian Burke telling John T. Williams to stop, he was dead. Uh, he was a, it was an out of policy shooting. He absolutely was almost shot in the back. Uh, he did have a hearing problem. That didn't come up in the inquest because uh, that only the inquest only asked was the police afraid for his life and those kinds of questions at that time. And so when you know the facts of the case, and then you think about um, he was allowed he was allowed to quit. Uh, and Como said that uh, in their reporting that he was fired. He was not fired. Uh, he has worked in some places as a police officer because he was not decertified. The only way they don't work as another police as a police officer in another jurisdiction, they have to be decertified. And Lyon uh, was one of those ways we they could get uh, decertified. I think they changed it a little bit more now. I mean, I mean, out of policy shooting, and they don't charge and they don't charge you. Dan Satterberg could have charged in that case. It was an out of policy shooting. He was shot almost in the back. But he didn't think he'd get a conviction. See, that's a lot of reasons why they don't charge. They don't think they're going to get a conviction. But um, to hear these two officers laughing and go to Erica Barnett, uh, 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 um, uh, you know, put, put in her name and uh, and I hold, uh, I think it's called Publicola. It's what it's called. And it comes up. Yeah, it's, it is. It's, you know, and, um, and you would say, yes, Publicola. And it's today, uh, September 11. So this is just, this is like, this is like terrible. I mean, it's like, wow, this is awful. And so I, I think it's time to just have an op-ed piece says, the DOJ could not fix police, could not fix the, uh, the culture of policing in Seattle. And, uh, and just talk about the culture. But we paid this guy. We paid, these people get paid. And you know, I mean, you can make comments. I mean, what can you do? I mean, is there a policy against this? Uh, uh, and and if it's not, it ought to be one. Laughing because somebody got hurt, because somebody got killed, and to say that she was that her value. This is what they said to slaves. So I mean, so she was just a value. You know, I mean, uh, it's only eleven thousand dollars. And I can, you know, use the, uh, if you know any history, and I do, I love it. I, I, at the at the at the uh, slave auction, they would tell you what the value of that uh, human being was, uh, although it wasn't considered human, subhuman. And this young lady was from India, and so uh, they might have been laughing because uh, she was dark. Uh, I doubt if they'd have been laughing if it had been a white woman or a white girl. I doubt. I doubt that that that. They would have humanity for that, even though she and her, and her worth might be more than eleven hundred dollars. I mean, eleven thousand dollars. Can you imagine that? Can you imagine that in this day and age that someone would be so entrenched in their bias, in their bias against human beings, and the only people who are human are their family? And the people who are involved with the blue line, uh, uh, the blue line, everybody else is not human. How can you live in a world that way? Because if you have children, they're going to be encountering other children every day whose parents are not police officers. How can you live in a world that you believe that only your people, your uh, your, your brothers and sisters, uh, uh, as law enforcement, uh, is um, has uh, has value? No one else has value. But you know, all 
creatures, all 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 that God created has had uh, has value. And human beings have the uh, the capacity to think, to reason, and to make changes in their lives. We're the only species that God made that can do this. We can reason, we can love, okay? we can make changes in the world, and, and uh, we can do that. And to think that this individual, wow, this individual is laughing at this event. So check it out. Check it out. Check it out. Please check it out, because I think we need to, these are things we need to keep up with. Because sometimes the more, as I was telling Mr. Wright early on, sometimes, you know, sometimes the more things uh, change, the more they say the, uh, stay the same. Because we get the same results sometimes from the Democrats. And I vote the Democratic Party uh, ticket, not because I think they're going to do so much for me, but the Supreme Court judges will be better. That's the only reason why I vote the Democratic ticket. Because I know for a fact, I've been here for so long, and so have my ancestors, that the only thing that moves for us is the hand of God. It's not the hand of man. It's the hand of God that moves for us. And I'm not confused believing that someone else is going to make my life better. Again, I vote for the Supreme Court and for my grandmother. She was born in 1889. She paid taxes all her life. Our taxes went to support the white community, and she never voted. Okay. So that's who I vote for. I vote out of respect and reverence for the people who came before me and they gave it all. That's who I vote for. <laughs> Not that I think it's gonna, it's gonna magically be better the next day. No, no, this system is a work in progress. We have not, we have not reached that final place yet. And who knows, we might have to, I mean, look like people wanna take us back somewhere that they don't even know where they wanna go. But check that out. And uh, just uh, think about this young lady and her family and what somebody else thought about them as not being human. That uh, absolutely uh, uh, is insane. So um, yeah, think about that. And think about how much more we all have to offer the world if our soul was ablaze with love. Isn't that amazing? What an amazing world it would be if we were absolutely, uh, we were just ablaze with love. Like I'm talking, Rumi, one of my favorite uh, uh, people, he was a Sufi. And the Sufis talked about the beloved and the beloved. And we are all the beloved and, uh, and the beloved. We just don't know it yet. So, you know, I, I keep holding that light that we as humans will wake up to the fact that we will have so much power to do good, way more power to do good than what we know. So you listen to the Mother's Justice Show on 1150 AM KKNW. Take a break and we'll be right back. Market Street Shoes is happy to sponsor the Mother's Justice Show in honor of our mother, Jackie Higgins Rosebrook, who spent her life fighting for social justice and also in honor of all mothers who fight for social justice. Market Street Shoes, fashionable footwear and apparel for life's everyday adventures in the heart of Ballard since 2006. Visit MarketStreetShoes.com. The Mother's Justice Show is brought to you by H.G. Walden and the Virtues Healing Circles. Join us for Wisdom and Wellness with Reverend Walden, a monthly virtual and in-person healing circle that focuses on community healing and growth. Learn more at VirtuesHealing.com. That's VirtuesHealing.com. Also, be sure to join our healing group on Facebook. Again, visit us at VirtuesHealing.com healing.com today. Some people know a good thing when they hear it. Alternative Talk 1150. Oh, good afternoon. You're listening to the Mother's Justice Show at 1150 AM KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on air. Right, so I'm going to bring my next guest on. She's been on the before. This is Aisha Covington from Jacksonville, Florida, where I was born at. And you know I have this affinity for Florida, so don't, don't, you know, just give me a little break on that. So, uh, I do go to other places also, other than Florida, with other news. Uh, how you doing, Miss Covington? I'm doing great, Harriet. How are you? Oh, well, I'm good. I mean, true, trans true transparency. Uh, we, uh, we got the same grandmother. So, uh, <laughs> so you know, it's like, hey, you just put it out there. Sometimes you talk to your family. That's good. 
that's good. <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, so uh, anyway, uh, it's been a while. I think we haven't talked in, in a good while. So I um, just wanted to bring you on and give some, let you talk about Jacksonville. And uh, I don't know if you knew any of the uh, victims of that shooting that happened a couple of weeks ago and, um, and uh, the elected official and, and what's just going on and what's going on in Jacksonville, one of the largest counties in, uh, in Florida, Duval County. Yes, um, I didn't know any of the victims, but um, in our community, the only stores we have to shop in are Family Dollar and Dollar General. So, what? You don't have no grocery stores? No, we do not. The nearest grocery store is about uh, almost 2.5 miles. We have more liquor stores than grocery stores. So you live in a food desert. Wait, 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 wait. Cola. You live in a food desert. So I, because I talked to a lady in, in um, Tampa, not you know a couple. Well, maybe last year or maybe eighteen months ago, she was talking about sometimes people have to catch the bus and it takes them three hours to go to the grocery store and come back on the bus. I mean, so Florida has a lot of food deserts. So is that right? Correct. We we live in a food desert, um, and so. For us, Family Dollar and Dollar General is where we go to get our daily staples. So we go to those stores all the time. And the Dollar General is positioned near um, uh, uh, Flag Street Apartments, which is HUD subsidized slum. And so these people depend on this store. Um, and, and to my understanding, I talked to one of my customers, there was a lot of people in the store uh, when the shooting occurred. And the lady who got away, the shooter told her she had her baby with her to run. And then he told her again, say, didn't I tell you to run? Do you want to live? And she ran back to those apartments and talked to the people and said she thought her Uber driver was deceased. And in fact, the Uber driver was shot and was deceased. So to us in the black community, Family Dollar and Dollar General are an important part of our everyday existence. And it has traumatized um, a lot of uh, our community because it, this could have happened to any of us. And oh, so you shop there too one. from time to time? Because you got one or two yeah, choices oh, that you need. Yes. But a I lot of people don't have public minutes. transportation. I'm, go ahead, say what you're saying. I'm sorry. I lived, I used to live five minutes from the Dollar General. Five minutes. And um, so we depend on those stores. If you look on a map, they are everywhere in our communities. Uh, they put a family dollar and a Dollar General together, and a Dollar Tree together uh, in Grand Park, which is where we, where I grew up with Grandma and Janet um, Will. Those stores are so important in our community. And to have three people murdered in those stores has just left uh, a big hole in our community. And there was a, I don't know if you saw in the news, the governor came to Jacksonville and was given the microphone to speak um, after the shooting occurred and they were having a, a, a healing vigil. I can't get healed over stuff I don't understand. You can't, you got to explain to me how the first the shooter went to Edward Waters College to try to shoot our students. And the security guard saw him on the cameras, but he still was allowed to put on his vest and go down the street to the Dollar General. He should and have been so arrested, see. He should have been arrested. As a matter of fact, um, Harriet, Edward Waters University has a criminal uh, academy right there. He walked by all of this stuff. It's, it's hard for me to wrap my mind around it, except. There was a Jaguars game going on, and the, I'm just and I'm just trying to rationalize how this could happen because uh, I know EWU notified um, Jacksonville Sheriff's Office, but they were out of the area uh, at the games, the football game. So the show picked so, the perfect time. So so when there's a game, uh, 
all all the available uh, staff, uh, law enforcement is at the game. So you don't have, so you have sheriff and uh, so so it's no other druid. So uh, Jacksonville police, uh, 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 it's it's you have police and and sheriff and and deputies on the sheriff department, or do you just have police? We just have police in Jacksonville. Okay, so you don't have a sheriff then; you just have a police chief. Right. We we um, we do have a sheriff. Um, yeah, but where's his deputies at? Well, where's huh? his a sheriff had to have some deputies. Where's his deputies at? They were. I don't know. Those are the questions that I wanna. I want answers to. Um, where was because they could also office. always call him mutual aid. I mean, really and truly, they can always call in mutual aid, even from another county. I mean, sometimes that's what they do, because most places have sheriffs, unless it's just a small place and they just have sheriffs. But Duval County is big, so uh, so you must have a police chief and you must have a sheriff. No, we only have a sheriff. Okay, so that um, means you don't have a police department. Then you have just have a sheriff department. No, there. I'll research it. I'll research it because you. Because they they they're not two in the same. They do the same right. things in a way, but uh, one uh, uh, territory is usually the county. But Duval County is Jacksonville, so you only have one city in the county. So uh, so I, I'll research I'll research that and find that out. Okay, thank you, thank you. Yeah. So, so yeah. Uh, the governor showed up to the vigil, was given the microphone, and of course people were booing him and did not want to hear what he had to say. And Councilwoman Pittman, she's African-American, she told the crowd to um, be quiet and uh, listen, some verbiage like that, and because he was bringing gifts. <laughs> and we're still offended by what she said. Like, yes. because, yes. And, and our thinking, the governor is inciting this hate against African-Americans. That's right, that's right. With That's the right. laws that right. woke at, and the um, he doesn't want real history taught about slavery to our children in the schools. Um, he's he's coming against the transgender community and does not want them to talk about anything about sexual or even uh, their sexual orientation, and so he is gutted. Um, the, our community of any real um, laws that will protect us and the people in place in the schools, um, they are afraid to really stand up for the students now of uh, being, um, you know, fired or violating these uh, ridiculous laws that he's written. And um, he, the governor had a team of people who wrote a like a little uh, sub bullet to the slavery to say we benefited from slavery. And no one who really knows history uh, can believe we benefited from slavery. And they tried to spin that on uh, and say, oh, like we learned carpentry and we learned um, how to um, be blacksmiths and um, so the governor showing up was another slap in the face to African Americans. Yes, it was. It really was. It really, really was. Wow, it, it was. It was. It was. But what? Well, for me, it, it it really recognized. I mean, this person who's elected Pittman don't understand, uh, or maybe choose not to understand that what the ruling class does. They inflame the people. I mean, people like uh, him and uh, and Trump. They will never, ever, ever pull the trigger. That's what they do, but they 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 would never light the gasoline. Somebody else comes along and light the gasoline. This is this is what the ruling class does, and this is how white people keep power over poor white people. Or oh, they've been so poor, uh, poor brainwashed to believe they can go out and do something. And I mean, but the other thing that wraps what I need to wrap my head around is you can say, cousin, I uh, is the fact that he was only twenty one or eighteen. How can you have that much animus against people when you just got here on the planet? If you're just 21, 18, or 21, you just got here. Right, correct. And the, <laughs> the, the most ironic part to me, um, they took away affirmative action, which I got great jobs through affirmative action. And Florida's an at-will state. 
so they can yeah that way they means you have to Florida means you have to write to work for nothing okay <laughs> right and <laughs> and so what they've done is um, push us back hundreds of years it'll take reparations for us to recover from um, being denied access to basic um, things like uh, uh, gainful employment. Um, and the the legislation that he's writing, we got some great legislators. We got State Representative Angie Nixon. She fights really hard in Tallahassee for the African-American community. But our local leaders, they hide their head in the sand and they take um, the little pennies instead of really getting in and fighting for a change in Jacksonville. So I don't know if you know, but we have, we have our first woman mayor, Donna Deegan, and she ran on change. But when we watched her transition team, she gave all the high-paying jobs to white Republican males. Okay, now she ran, is she a Democrat or a Republican? She ran as a Democrat. <laughs> she must now be she a blue dog. All the Republican buddies white white females and white males and paid them a higher salary than the previous administration and put them in positions of power over us. And I said, wow, I, you know, I'm on Twitter. So I was like, Donna went and got all the old slave masters and put us, so put them over the slaves, you know. After make, sure, you, I, I, uh, make sure you send me your handle on Twitter because I'll, 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 I'll communicate with you. Okay, I yeah. will. Yeah. And, and I mean, but so, mm -hmm. go ahead. So you you've got people who say they won't change, and there's no real change in Jacksonville. And so with the governor, like you said, and Trump, and all the hate going, uh, um, this hate rhetoric and laws. Listen, they're so strategic. We are not in the conversation. But they are sitting down writing legislation yes. to prevent us from making gains. And, yes. um, you know, we've got um, Attorney Crump fighting, but we need um, attorneys to get together. Uh, like we sued over the redistricting, and we won on a local level, but they sued over the a congressional district, and they won. We need lawyers in Jacksonville and Florida to fight these illegal laws. Yeah, you need civil rights lawyers. You need some civil rights lawyers. And I know, I know Trump got some, but he might not have enough to, to do everything. But uh, what do you need? You're right. You're right. I mean, right. Florida, I mean, it's amazing how Florida is staying, is still the same. I mean, because growing up in segregation, didn't we weren't. You weren't so beholden, I mean, in my part of segregation. I don't know what it was like in Jacksonville, but I know my grandfather and your grandfather owned a, 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 a call a filler station in those days uh, 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 doing segregation. So, <laughs> so, so somebody was thriving. Everybody uh, in my, in my community, we, we had a grocery store. We, had every, we only went downtown when we wanted to. And we had a school and of course we had, you know, black doctors and lawyer, a black doctor and, and a dentist, but, um, what, right. You know, you always, you, you're right. Absolutely, Harriet. Um, you got some um, black entrepreneurs here now who understand how important it is for us to create our own economy. Create. That's right. That's what we have to do. Communities. That's right. And that's share right. Share that wealth like we used to. Like I look for that's black-owned right. businesses to spend my money. You know, um, well, you know, I, when I came down there, when my I think when my grandmother passed away, uh, our grandmother, uh, uh, Adelia Levine, uh, uh, bless her heart. But um, and they, I mean, I, I would I wouldn't go to a high or uh, 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 one of those beauty supplies places. I would not do that because I don't go to places where people who who sell products that can't give me a recommendation for my skin or my hair. I don't go to those kinds of places. And like I told one of my cousins that I put some lard on my hair or, or some. Uh, uh, olive oil before I go, you know, I'm just too dead in that way. But I, th I think what Jacksonville need is a black economic plan uh, to raise right. black because raise black people out of poverty. Uh, because the whole game of the South is to keep you poor. And then when they, when black people do get a job, a, a good job, paying job, 
then they cross on the other side and then they become conservative because they got something to conserve. But as long as they get food stamps, they don't have nothing to conserve. Uh, 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 and so they're organized. And so, so at this point, they got to figure out how you're going to get the so-called educated elite to realize that their they're, they're station in life is at jeopardy too. Because if they overturn, go back and overturn Percy versus Ferguson, uh, that, that I'm sure uh, uh, that um, the, the illustrious uh, <laughs> Clarence uh, Thomas uh, is working on, that would put us back in the late 1800s. And so I think right. you have to educate people about what the law is and the arbiter of the final say in the law in America is the uh, Supreme Court. And they're working vigorously to take us back. And, yeah. and, uh, and then that's all, that, that's the only thing I organize on. I mean, I organize on the fact if you don't wake up, you will find and everybody else and they will write us out of history because that's what they plan is. They want to act like we never been, we never came. And when we came, all we were were murderers and thieves and a drain on the system. That's the plan. I mean, you know, one thing about being raised by old people, you get to see, you know, I mean, you know, Delia was wise, okay? You get to see, you get to see something. Cause they're always telling you something that you don't believe until you live to see it. Is that right? Right. That's absolutely <laughs> right. I didn't understand when grandmother would get up and she'd straighten that hair and put it back in that bun and put on that white uniform. She was going to uh, Riverside, you know. I didn't understand. She was going, she was, she was a maid, you know. She got paid in date and um, daily wages. And so right. now I understand right. because she right. didn't even pay. And she did the best she could she in did. a racist society that made sure she stayed poor. Didn't matter yeah. how many children she had and they didn't care how she fed them. And then they had to dump over there uh, the environmental dump that uh, that uh, you were drinking bad water did not care. See, and it's the same people. It's their descendants. That's what's so ironic, isn't it? Yes, yes. It's their children, children who are the same way the parents yes. were trying to keep us back, giving us That's that hand-me-down. They hand-me-down garment, right. and the leftovers uh, they didn't need. We can take them home. That's right. Yeah. 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 You know, but I'm always inspired because you know what? Those people, they gave so much to us. They went every day. And a lot of times they didn't complain. They feet hurted. They came hurt. Their feet was hurting. They were tired. Uh, 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 for people that was doing that. Um, and, you know, in Sanford, it was a different life for me because my grandfather had been working on the railroad. And so my grandmother only did days work occasionally when I came along. Uh, and then because we had bought, we, had, had, we we owned our own home at that time. I mean, the whole time I was growing up. But the irony of this is that uh, we're going to organize. We're gonna, we will be organizing in uh, uh, in Jacksonville, Florida. I uh, uh, we're coming up here. It's uh, we we haven't figured it out yet. But uh, with this technology, I uh, uh, you know we can uh, we can absolutely begin to uh, empower and educate black people again. They have to be educated again. And most of us, had, a lot of times we weren't, I mean, for every 25 families that figured it out, you had like 50 families who could not. Poverty, people living in poverty, stay in poverty until something happens to lift them out. And, uh, and, and, and that's why. And then when other people get lifted out, they don't do like Mary McLeod Bethune says, lift is your climb. You bring somebody with you. And sometimes they don't work out, but that don't mean you do not going to bring somebody with you. You just keep doing it, see? Right, right. And then you build a whole cadre of people who are bringing somebody with It's like a lot of families, you know, you educate one child and that child educate the next child and, you know, and that kind of thing, see? I mean, I mean I'm inspired by your work. I want you to know that. Thank you, thank you. I'm inspired by the work and the work that you all are doing down there uh, with, 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 with one hand tied behind you, you know? Now, it's uh -huh. a public transportation for people to get to the dollar store, or do they have to take an Uber? Um, they can Uber. They do use public transportation, but not a lot. They use a lot of Uber and Lyft um, to get around in our area. And That's um, terrible. I mean, so it's no, so, so you got buses, but they don't run often. Is that right? Yeah, they don't run good. They really, not in our areas. So they're not yeah, but do they run vote. better in the white folks area? Do they run better in the affluent area? Are the affluent people yes. all got Maseratis? They don't need the bus. Yes. 
<laughs> yeah, they do. They run better. And I, I wanted to leave a word of encouragement. When grandmother would get up with me and I was getting ready to go to work, I worked across town and I had to catch two buses and leave from the neighborhood on the first bus. Grandma would always say, you could make it. And I want to say that to people. You, We can make it. We may have to figure right. it out, but we can make it, and we will make it through this. We will make it through it because we're the cavalry. Don't think the cavalry is coming. we the cavalry. We's be the cavalry. Uh, you know, because our ancestors left a roadmap for us. So we's be the cavalry. And nobody coming to get us, baby. <laughs> Right. <laughs> and the other Very folks, the uh, the uh, evangelicals think they're going to get raptured out. Yeah, raptured out just like all of us who have lost family members. They're going to lay down and die just like everybody else did. Who's going to come and rapture out people who don't love other people? <laughs> the irony of that. <laughs> I'm just inspired by your work. I am. Okay. And to keep it up, you know, and like you say, you're not going to give up. And I'm not going to give up either. So, hey, we, we'll just stay together. And we'll talk soon again. And I want to thank you and tell Lorraine I said hello. Uh, and I'll be talking to her. Uh, and uh, we'll get it together, okay? Thank you. And we appreciate all the work you're doing in Seattle. And you've been a great So well, we got a couple more minutes. Wait, we, we got about a couple, two more minutes. So what would you want to say? Okay, okay. What would you want to say? Oh, I'm sorry. I just would want to say that I, you're an inspiration to me personally with the work you're doing in Seattle and it's encouraged me to continue to fight locally here. Um, yes. And to stand because, yes. um, you know, sometimes you just need to look through our family model and you see fight. Yes. And people, yes. we win in this family. When we go to war, we win. <laughs> we win. That's right. I mean, we do we win. win. Okay. And Tell the truth. I mean, because they, we, we got that. We got that. The Levine. You got the Levine, uh, and uh, uh, you got Deacon Delia, and I got Delia. Uh, 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 Deacon Delia on one side, and uh, and the Waldens on the other side, and that's a that, that that that's a that's a fantastic team, and we're a winning team. And so you just keep encouraging. We'll be talking soon. All right. God bless. All right. All right. God bless you too. Thank you. You've been listening to the Mother's Justice Show on eleven fifty a.m. KKNW. I'm your host, Reverend Walden. It's my joy to be on the air. Take care. Just take care. Stay in love with life. Stay in love with everything you do. Let love guide your life. All right. Take care. See you next time. Oh, talk to you next time. Thank you. Bye-bye. The Mother's Justice Show is brought to you by H.G. Walden and the Virtues Healing Circles. Join us for Wisdom and Wellness with Reverend Walden, a monthly virtual and in-person healing circle that focuses on community healing and growth. Learn more at VirtuesHealing.com. That's VirtuesHealing.com. Also, be sure to join our healing group on Facebook. Again, visit us at VirtuesHealing.com today.